0: Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack size episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility. Helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey. One bite at a time. Welcome back to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food. My name is Stephanie Velakis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist, and founder of The Dietologist. Committed to excellence in nutrition in preconception, fertility, and pregnancy. So, if you haven't registered and saved your seat for my masterclass to stop you from making the four key fertility diet mistakes that I see my clients making, then I don't know what you're waiting for because I get so much amazing feedback about this masterclass, so I don't want you to miss out. So head on down to the show notes and save your seat and get some real knowledge bombs and really upgrade your fertility diet in an hour. I mean, that's time efficiency for you right there. (laughs) So in today's episode, we will be discussing everything about the vaginal and uterine microbiomes and how the composition of bacteria and other microbes that reside in the vagina and the uterus can influence fertility outcomes. Now, before we get into today's episode, just a brief trigger warning for you that miscarriage is mentioned in this episode. So if you are not in a space to even think hear that word then I would encourage you to find another episode to tune into. So first of all what is the vaginal and uterine microbiome? Well you may have heard of the gut microbiome that is the community of bacteria, yeast and other microorganisms that reside mostly in the large intestine which can have an impact on our health. Well, there is certainly more than one place that we have more dense populations of bacteria and other microbes living in and on our bodies, including on your skin, in breast milk, and yes, even downstairs in your vagina and also in your uterus, which was once thought to be sterile. Now the vaginal microbiome spans from the cervix to the external anatomy of the vulva and the link between the vaginal microbiome and well-being is becoming more and more well understood through research, but it's certainly in its infancy. Now, of course, like any community of living organisms, it's complex and the vaginal microbiome is no exception, with 200 known bacterial species inhabiting the vaginal area having been identified. Everyone's microbiome profile is really, truly unique and can be influenced by a variety of factors, including genetics, ethnicity, environment, changes across the menstrual cycle so it can be susceptible to hormones, sexual habits, and hygiene practices like the use of powders, wipes, vaginal deodorants, and douching. Now, the vaginal microbiome is dominantly inhabited by the lactobacillus group, and if you've heard of this one before, yes, lactobacillus acidophilus is commonly used as a probiotic found in yogurt. Now don't be alarmed, (laughs) the connection here is broad. So the lactobacillus group of bacteria have a special role of utilizing lactose as a fuel source and the output is acidic, lowering the pH of the vaginal area to reduce the risk of pathogens, which are the bad bugs, colonizing and multiplying and really trying to protect us. It also helps to maintain healthy mucus production, and they also play an important role in pregnancy vaginal health too. Dysfunction in the vaginal microbiome can include, but not limited to, thrush, also known as a candida or a yeast infection, which can lead to discomfort like itching and burning, thick white discharge, redness and swelling, stinging or burning, while urinating or during sex. Other dysfunctions in the vaginal microbiome include bacterial vaginosis, which is a general dysbiosis or imbalance of the good versus bad bacteria and can lead to a strong fish-like vaginal odor, particularly noticeable after sex, burning while urinating and itching, and BV and Canada can both be diagnosed with a swab with your GP or gynecologist and you can discuss treatment options with them. Now I will just mention one that's a little bit more pregnancy specific which is group B streptococcus also known as group B strep or GBS. Now this is the one that we look out for during pregnancy as this can contribute to pregnancy complications such as higher rates of early and preterm labor, and also increasing the risk of needing a C-section delivery and also complications with baby that you certainly would want to avoid. So ensure you are being screened for group B strep and treated for appropriately to protect both you and your baby is really important. And you need to be working here with your medical care team as well. And I'll certainly be sharing some tips later in this episode to help Keep your vaginal microbiome as healthy as possible to avoid group B strep infection. Now, the uterine microbiome was once thought to be sterile, but we now understand that, in fact, it isn't. Some of the bacteria that resides in the vagina can creep up there, although understanding of what is known as the core uterine microbiome is still very much in its early days, from a research perspective. It is understood that the role of microbes living in the uterus itself is to help compete with pathogens and protect against uterine infections such as endometritis, for example, which can be screened for with a uterine biopsy. So why do these microbiomes matter when it comes to fertility? Research is starting to suggest that the vaginal microbiome may be an important factor when it comes to fertility, in particular IVF, which is truly where we get most of our fertility related data as people are having lots more testing and attending a clinic regularly. And we can also segment results a lot a lot more, which gives us some more detail. So we can look at egg retrieval results, fertilization rates, embryo development at each day, implantation rates clinical pregnancy rates, live birth rates and so on. Based on a recent review in 2018 which looked at risks associated with those diagnosed with bacterial vaginosis or otherwise abnormal vaginal microbiota amongst those undergoing IVF, had a look at how this affected IVF outcomes if at all. They showed that collectively across about 3,000 patients across these 12 studies, 16% had BV, bacterial vaginosis, and there was a higher rate of tubal infertility, so some kind of structural damage or abnormality, which is meaning that the egg cannot go through the fallopian tube to get to the uterus. Um, So that was much higher amongst those with BV compared to those with normal vaginal microbiota. They did show a significant association with early miscarriage amongst those with BB. But interestingly, and this is where it can get a little confusing, it did not impact pregnancy rates or live birth rates. So it seemed to be correlated with higher rates of miscarriage, but didn't stop people from getting pregnant or having a baby, which is a little bit conflicting, Based on this collective data, the authors were hesitant to recommend routine screening of IVF patients for BV, and the use of antibiotics before IVF would be generally considered disadvantageous as it could encourage other organisms, mostly the bad guys, to populate the vagina more dominantly, which is really not what we want. So what about the uterine microbiome? Well, if the vaginal microbiome research is in its toddler years, then the uterine microbiome research is in its newborn years um, and quite scarce. However, a great explanation that I saw Dr. Joseph Scroy do on his IGTV on Instagram. um, He is a gynecologist, obstetrician, and fertility specialist in Melbourne. I'm going to borrow a bit of his explanation because I really love the way he explained this. But if you have a pathogen that is in the uterus and an embryo is around at at that time that the pathogen is, either due to IVF or you've conceived some other way, the immune system is naturally going to mount a response to this pathogen to try to clear it, which is what our immune system does. And if the precious embryo gets caught in the crossfire of the immune response, this can affect implantation and the survival of the embryo. Now, this is really starting to scratch the surface of reproductive immunology, which is a very (laughs) complex arena, which I will admit I do not know enough about to talk on in any more depth than what I just did. And it is certainly a bit of a controversial area of fertility medicine too. So if you'd like to talk about this further, I would strongly recommend consulting your specialist if you feel you need to explore this as part of your journey. So now onto some practical tips. How can we enhance the microbiome composition of the vagina and or uterus? Well, there are a variety of things to consider here that are both dietary and non-dietary. So the first is make sure you are not using any products that mess with your microbiome. So no douching, vaginal deodorants, scented wipes, just water. Your vaginal is a self-cleaning oven, so no need for the extras. Wear breathable cotton underwear super important. Consider taking a vaginal health focused oral probiotic. Yes, the gut microbiome can be modified and can help change the vaginal microbiome population. Optimize prebiotic fiber in your diet. So foods rich in prebiotic fibers include asparagus, garlic, onion, legumes and beans, nuts, seeds and whole grains. Consider adding fermented foods in your diet like yogurt, kefir, kimchi, and kombucha. Speak to your healthcare provider if something downstairs doesn't seem right for appropriate testing and treatment. And that is a wrap on this week's episode of Fertility Friendly Food, all about the vaginal and uterine microbiomes and how they can impact fertility. I hope this was insightful for you. It would really mean the world to me if you subscribe or follow on your preferred podcasting platform. And PS, this means you get the new episodes actually hours before everybody else does when they drop every Thursday morning, Sydney time. And also please leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts and share with your partner, family, or friend who you feel may benefit from this podcast as well. It really does help me as an independent podcaster to get the word out there. So until next time, bye.